In today's episode, you'll get Tanya's take on the three reasons to record and sell audiobooks. Welcome to the Write Something Worthy podcast, where we teach emerging authors how to ditch the fear, confusion, and overwhelm of writing a bestseller-worthy non-fiction book. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett. In recent years, advances in technology, pandemic shut-in, and the need for more entertainment while multitasking has fueled the growth of the audiobook market. If you're an author and your book is only in one or two formats, you could be missing out. Today, we're going to talk about the audiobook industry and the three reasons to record and sell audiobooks. Settle in and let's get to it! Greetings, Worthy Tribe. Tanya here, and I appreciate your joining me on the Write Something Worthy podcast. Let's talk about why producing and selling audiobooks is a must for emerging authors. You know, I first wrote a book called The Loan Solution many years ago, and it was written to help me, to help my clients who were small businesses who wanted to leverage the use of other people's money, debt capital, right? They wanted to get loans. And I was giving presentations all over the state of Virginia and helping hundreds of business owners to gain access to capital. And the book was my way of getting everybody on the same page before they stepped into my office for assistance, right? So they because they, there was a fee for coming in to see me the first time, they had to be prepared, right? So the best way to ready them for a productive time with me was to have a book that helped them to understand what they were about to embark upon, understand what was necessary to move forward in the process, and to have them ready to take action on that. One of my clients at the time owned a recording studio, and he had recently recorded the audiobook of a Grammy award-winning musician, right? And he, he was really excited about the book and how well it turned out, and he suggested that I come in and record my book into audio format. Now, I'm going to tell you, this was way back, probably... You know, I don't even know anymore. It was uh, maybe sometime after 2007, because that's when my book came out. So it was early, right? I mean, now when we think back to that, oh, geez, that was a lot of years ago. So the process, which may be different now, but probably not a whole lot, the process back then when I was um, going into this audiobook concept fairly blind was um, (laughs) that we reviewed my manuscript to ensure that I could read it verbatim from, you know, the finished manuscript that I had. And thank goodness I had a wonderful sound tech. My client was fabulous and he was a good sound engineer and he could help me and lead me through it all. But we had to make sure that my manuscript was read ready right? And we discussed how to handle 
the spreadsheet examples and other exhibits that I had in the book because I have a cash flow budget. I have some tables about um, interest rates and, you know, cost of money and things like that. So we had to address how to handle those. And you'll note that I had a website, and this may still be relevant for you, I had a website for the book where the downloads of those spreadsheets were made available. And so for anything that was, that needed to be explained or that was showing examples of a lot of numbers, that was presented on the book spreadsheet website rather so that you could download the spreadsheets or anything that you had based on your purchase of the book so that was all good we worked that all out and because I was the narrator I didn't have to worry about all the pronunciation things or terminology explanations in reading the script which if you're doing it now and you're not the narrator you may need to make those notes in the script so that the narrator will know how to pronounce something or what the terminology means as they're working through it or defining acronyms, etc. So I just made sure at that time that I had read my book through again ahead of time for, you know, identifying the places I wanted to emphasize and just making sure that I was comfortable saying the things that I had written in my book. So it was so exciting. We recorded the book in his studio, not all in one session, uh, as I recall. And I understand that they really don't recommend that you try to sit down and read your entire manuscript in one sitting because your voice can get tired throughout the day and it can wane as time goes on. So it's best to be fresh for each recording session. And I admit, it was so fun being in a recording studio where Grammy winners recorded their books, right? The sound booth was really cool. And it was, it reminded me of the, you know, the behind the scenes that you see of voiceover artists when they're making animated movies, you know, like the Disney movies and they're in the sound booth and they have the microphone, you know, on a boom arm and all that kind of stuff. It was a lot of fun. So I got to be one of those for the day or for however many days it took to do it. So after, after we did all the recordings, um, Carlton did all the post-recording work, like creating the chapter breaks and adding music and cleaning up the sound. And it was, it was a really great experience for me to record the audiobook and then to have it completed and um, receive it back was really, really awesome. Now, mind you, again, back then, technology was uh, not as advanced as it is now. And the format that I was given was a master CD. So I could then take that CD and reproduce it and burn them at, at home. And I had a CB, I had CD label paper, and I used uh, that to print labels for the CDs that mirrored the book cover. 
and I had jewel cases to put the CDs into for shipping and distribution. It was very old school. Uh, very old school, but it was, it was great though. You know, I sold the CD and slash audio version with the paperback when I went to conferences and speaking engagements and events. And I, I, I posted the CD's availability on the website, um, which doesn't exist anymore, but so I wanted people to be able to access it and order them from the website as well as when they saw me in person somewhere. And, you know, back then it was very rudimentary uh, fulfillment, I have to admit. I received an order with payment and I packaged, packaged it up and shipped the CD and the book personally and included, you know, other handouts or advertisements about tapping into loan programs and such in their package and, woo, talk about the old days. The good thing was, it allowed me to make it easier for my ideal reader to access the information in whatever way suited them. And back then, you know, CD players were everywhere. Now we've got the MP3s and, and streaming and all of that. So times have changed, but the fact that people want to listen to audiobooks has not. And as a matter of fact, it is growing. Now, that book was the only professional audiobook I created. Since then, I've recorded MP3s of things here and there. Uh, for one course I have at dobehave.net, I redesigned the James Allen's book classic, As a Man Thinketh. I redesigned it in print so that you could get a PDF uh, download of it, and then I recorded an audio version to go with it. The ebook is free, but the audio has a small fee. It's still, uh, believe it or not, that was several years ago as well. It's still available at tanyaloves.me forward slash thinketh, T H I N K E T H, thinketh. Tanyaloves.me forward slash thinketh. And basically, it's, a, it's a, a great timeless book. And I took the public domain version of it and just made a beautiful presentation of it in a design document so that it would be more fun to read and then made the audio available to go with it. And what's great about that is you can sit there and enjoy reading it but you can also enjoy listening to it. And whether you do it at the same time is totally up to you, but you can make that choice. So that's one thing that we're gonna talk about today as we step into our current reality and get back out of the past here. I've taken you down memory lane to CDs. But in our current reality, we want to talk about the three reasons to record and sell audiobooks today. And the first reason, reason number one, is projected market growth. Now, I don't want to scare you with a bunch of numbers and all of that, but the audiobook industry, it is expected to grow from 3.3 billion now to 15 billion in the next five years. So given that, 
and its healthy profit margin of about 40%, it's an attractive avenue for generating income and for capturing the attention and the ears of listeners across the globe. So for us nonfiction authors, it's also good to know that according to Grandview Research, the quote nonfiction audiobook segment is expected to expand at the fastest rate in the coming eight years. So industry reports say that audiobooks are growing, they're going to grow fast, and the nonfiction market is going to grow even faster. Now, if you want evidence that this is likely to be true, um, Spotify announced that it's taken over Findaway to capitalize on the growing audiobook market. So Findaway calls itself the, quote, global leader in digital audiobook distribution, end quote. So it competes with Audible, Kobo, and others to distribute audiobooks. Uh, have, and, and they have over 325,000 audiobook titles from publishers across the globe. That's uh, Findaway's market. So Spotify, who has been streaming music and is a podcast platform, you can find our show, write something worthy on Spotify, they say that they want some of that audiobook action so that they can lead the market going forward. So they're like, watch out, Audible. <laughs> We're coming at you. And, you know, this should be really fun. And isn't that good for us, though, audiobook listeners, that we've got alternatives and we're going to have more alternatives going forward, especially as audiobooks grow in popularity and demand. So the bottom line for us as authors is that audiobooks are going to be a booming market where lots of money is going to be spent. So if you have a book in print or an ebook format, it would behoove you to produce an audiobook version of it, especially if your print or ebook is doing well right now in sales. The pie is already there and it's being eaten. You may as well have a piece of it. So even if money's not a motivator for you, maybe you can catch a case of FOMO here and jump in the sandbox with everybody else. You don't want to be the only one not on the playground. So, you know, if you are, you might disappoint your readers. They may want to get your book in audiobook format. They may love also having it that way, even if they already have the print book. And what's so great is that when you give, give your book to your readers in alternative formats, you give them the choice to decide how they want to enjoy your words at that particular time. Especially if your book is something that's transformational, it's, it's great to have that alternative because they may want it in a variety of different formats. I might want to read it in my rocking chair at night and I might want to listen to it while I'm taking the kids to school during the day. So giving them alternatives is a great idea. And given that the market is growing so strong and so fast, it makes sense that you're a part of it. Don't be left behind.
Reason two for jumping into the audiobook market is that your ideal readers are on the move. They're not just going to libraries and pulling books off of shelves anymore. Although I hope they continue to do that for years and years and years to come, that's not all they're doing. So most people have some form of, you know, electronic device, some smartphone or whatever. And they can gain access to streaming audio, download ebooks, or download, you know, your one-time audiobook. Give it to them that way. Let them choose to have it that way. Your reader's on the move now. So you can help them to take your book with them. Get into their ears when they don't have time to sit down and read. Be where they are. Think about it. How many times have you gotten in a car for a trip and you knew it was going to take, you know, up to an hour? And you wished you had something specific that you could listen to and learn from while you were in the car. That happened for me just the other day. I love learning while I drive, so I don't mind having a audiobook or a training program or something to listen to while I drive. And, you know, I used to have to make treks like those two or three times a week. So I was probably the most learned at that time when I was driving more because I always wanted to absorb something. I always wanted to be learning something. There were times when I would just listen to music, sure, but there were a lot more times when I would choose to listen to something that I could learn from or grow from. I enjoyed being able to pop a CD or uh, tap into my Bluetooth for a training session. So your ideal reader could use your audiobook in the same way. Give them that option. Your ideal reader is on the move, so your book needs to be there with them. The third reason that you want to make your audiobook available is that you wrote your book for a reason, right? You want your ideal reader to be able to do or be or have something that they didn't have before they found your book. So even if you're not a consumer of audiobooks yourself, your prospective readers might be, and they deserve the opportunity to choose how to consume your work. Also, you know, you're already making an impact with your words through print and ebooks. So why not give an audiobook version for others to consume? You know, think about it. You're going to expand your reach. You're going to grow your market. You're going to increase your potential impact by being an audiobook format. And you may reach a whole new group of readers who learn best through auditory learning. You know, if your book is one that teaches concepts or provides transformation, the auditory learner will benefit from having your book on audio. So keep that in mind when you're thinking about what impact do I want to make with my book? Hmm, maybe I can grow that impact by creating an audiobook version of my book. And here's the thing. 
even if your book has been out for a spell, you have your print book, you have your ebook, but you never produced an audiobook, you could reinvigorate your sales by creating an audiobook now. Right? So there you get to have that impact again. You get to get back out there into the hands of people who need your words by giving them an alternative means to reach it or to receive them. So it's absolutely great for your backlisted titles to create an audiobook for something, especially one, if you know that it has positive message to share. Two, it's likely to make a positive impact on the world. And three, the book has done well or something already and you want to give others an opportunity to benefit from it. And four, there are different age ranges that tend to listen more to audiobooks than others. So if you want to reach your market or you want to shift who your market is reaching, audiobooks may help you to do that. So for those that, you know, are greater than 25 and 30, going up to 35, there's a bigger market for audiobooks in that range. So it might be an opportunity for you to reach a new market altogether. And of course, if your market is listening to audiobooks instead of reading these days, then you're really, truly going to benefit by reaching a new market. So I suggest you get it out there and make a greater impact by having an audiobook. Now, I've got a little warning for those who have publishing deals. If you are already with a publisher and you have not... Um, identified what your rights are for audiobooks, you will need to look at your contract. You've got to make sure that your rights are protected in the audiobook arena. Don't let your publishers exuberate about uh, audiobook industry choke your profitability going forward either. So be sure to negotiate fairly so that you gain a piece of your own pie Literary agent and publishing attorney Joseph Perry said, if there's a catch-all language that the publisher may publish a book, quote, in all formats known now or the hereafter, unquote, try to strike that out of your contracts. Reserve all the rights that you don't wish to grant. So if you're striking a deal with the publisher right now, and you want to be able to position yourself for having audiobooks in the future, make sure that your contract allows for that. Make sure that you will have that capability. And who knows, you know, who knows what comes after this current audiobook market and when it expands and how technology changes. So you don't want any language that says formats now known or hereafter. Who knows what that's going to be, right? So you don't want to give somebody the rights to that. Don't give your rights away. Be careful of that. And have a literary um, attorney, a publishing attorney, take a look at your contract if you have any concerns about whether or not you are retaining your rights. Because you've got, you've got to retain rights for, for 
everybody that you work with with your audiobook as well. So in the production of your audiobook, you need to make sure that you retain and have rights for, uh, have them transferred to you from the narrator because they have rights because they produce that. So, and the sound engineer who is pulling all the music together and putting the piece together, the audiobook cover designer, the musicians that are providing that music, you've got to make sure you have all the rights to use all of their content in your book, your audiobook. So not only do you want to make sure that you have the rights from your publisher to make sure that you can publish an audiobook version or that you can have a good deal structured or that they will do it and they will make sure they do it in a timely fashion and at a reasonable royalty. Not only do you want to have that in place, but you also need to make sure that you have your rights transferred to you from the narrator, the sound engineer, everybody involved in producing your audiobook. I am going to provide a list of tips and resources about just some of the research that I've done on audiobooks and some of the contacts that I've made in the audiobook industry. And I'm going to make that available for tribe members only. So if you subscribe for free at writesomethingworthy.com forward slash alerts, which is the same place where you get tribe only notifications about new episodes and you get the uh, abundant author affirmations sent to you. That will also be the place where I will send the collection of my curated audiobook information that might help you as you're navigating the audiobook journey. It is not exhaustive, but at least it'll point you in some good directions and give you some resources that you can tap into. So head on over to uh, writesomethingworthy.com forward slash alerts so that you can sign up so that I can make sure that you are one in our tribe who gets the audiobook information and any information that we put out after an, uh, a podcast episode, we will send those only to those that are in the tribe. So make sure that you're on the list so that you can tap into any of those things. Some of the things, yes, will be in our show notes, but other things will be like this audiobook information is only going to be going out in an email form to the tribe. So take, um, take a moment to sign up for that so you can have it. So now it is time again for our abundant author affirmation. Write it down if it resonates with you. Post it wherever you'll see it and say it throughout your day to keep your heart happy and your subconscious mind aware of it. I create books that are music to readers' ears. I create books that are music to readers' ears. And with that, we are complete. Thank you so much for being with us today. I hope that you will remember that there are three very good reasons you've learned today for recording and selling audiobooks. 
you know that you'll be able to tap into a growing and lucrative market in the publishing industry by jumping into the audiobook realm. And you'll be able to keep up with your ideal readers who are on the move and may need alternative ways for receiving your information. And of course, the third reason is that you'll be able to make a greater impact on the world because you'll be able to reach new people in a way that they want to receive it. I hope that you will find a new project on your shelf, uh, on your desk rather, that you're going to take action on to build your new audiobook empire with all the books that you've already done so far or the most successful ones that you've done so far, the most impactful ones or the ones that you want to invigorate the most. Create an audiobook for them. Get them out into the world in a new format that your ideal readers will love. So let me know what you intend to do with this information. Let me know if you're already working on an audiobook. Let me know how that's going for you, what your success has been, the service providers you've used that were really fantabulous. I hope that you'll find some of those on my list uh, once you join the Worthy Tribe and access that information. I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to let us know. You can send an email to podcast at writesomethingworthy.com. We would love to hear from you. So thanks again for joining us today. Don't forget to download, subscribe, and join our worthy tribe. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye now. You've been listening to the Write Something Worthy podcast with Tonya Brockett. If you'd like to know more about today's topic, find show notes, relevant links, and more at writesomethingworthy.com. Have a question or something to add to the conversation? We'd love to hear from you. Email us at podcast at writesomethingworthy.com. Please take a moment to leave an honest review on your favorite podcast platform. These reviews help us to improve our show and help us to spread the word. If you know anyone who would enjoy these episodes, please share it with them. Have a wonderful week and we hope you join us next Wednesday for another fabulous episode. 